This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is episode four of Maybe Baby, the podcast for the parentally undecided. I'm Kate Lawler and I'm still very much undecided. I'm Bodge and I'm still not panicking because last night you tried on four tops and three pairs of trousers and you still couldn't decide what to wear. So decisiveness isn't your forte. All right, smart Alec. He's right, though. If only it was as easy as deciding what to wear. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Two things have happened over the last week. Uh, First off, we've picked up some press coverage, as it seems the topic is definitely a hot one to debate, which is good. Uh, But secondly, what's interesting, we've also had some comments that because we disagree on this topic, uh, we should break up. We should break up. Now, I get it, because it's common for relationships to end because people want different things, but we're together forever. Bodge isn't allowed to dump me. He's bought a ring. I'm asking him to sign a contract contract in June next year. It's legally binding. You and I together forever. I mean, marriages are like kind of like a really long phone contract. That's really difficult to get out of. You're my EE. Anyway, (laughs) seriously. You're my Vodafone. um, But seriously, neither of us is 100% in what we want. And maybe that's frustrating to hear for some people who want a clear decision. But listen, all we can do is be honest. Yeah. And if I can just add to that, I don't want to throw away six years with somebody that I'm in love with when I'm on the fence about having children. I might change my mind. I might not. But Bodge has assured me that if further down the line, I don't change my mind, that's okay. And you're a man of your word. You're not going to go back on it, are you, babe? Well, maybe. We'll see. No, don't. If we do break up, I'm getting the dogs. You can keep the toaster. I mean, as long as I can get the coffee machine, I'll be fine. Fine. Anyway, <coughs> one really one really interesting thing we came across this week, which we have to talk about, is the um, 74-year-old woman in India yeah. who's had twins. This is nuts. Not her eggs. They were from a donor. Her husband's sperm, though. Oi, oi. Go on, son. They conceived via IVF, and the woman gave birth via C-section earlier this week. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how we're supposed to feel about this. It's certainly remarkable from a medical point of view, but mm. critics are saying it's irresponsible for people in their 70s to have babies because, you know, they might not be able to take care of the baby if their health deteriorates. Also, they might not live long enough to see their child grow up. Does she breastfeed? I have no idea. From a purely scientific point of view, though. Like, knowing what we've learned and the process that happens to a woman's body, for a 74-year-old woman to actually give birth, 
that just seems like absolutely insane yeah and also did you see her husband's face <laughs> yes. i think kate can put a picture up on instagram he had the face he had the look of a man who's been informed very clearly that something is happening and he has very little say in the outcome you know when you're on a roller coaster and sometimes you come out and there's a photo of you on the roller coaster looking really sh- <laughs> shocked that's what he looks like yeah um how would you feel if i said let's just wait till we retire to have kids babe? It, it sounds awful because if you think about it like when you have a kid, it's quite an active process, isn't it? You're mm-hmm. taking them to the park, you're playing sport with them, you're taking them to I don't know, museums. Where do you take children? I don't know. We'll figure that out. That's, <laughs> that's a future episode. Anyway, you've got to be quite active. And, you know, you're going to be knackered at 74, surely. that You've gone your whole life, your working career, that's mm-hmm. the twilight of your life. And then you're thinking, oh, I just want to rest. And instead, you're at a three-year-old's, like, soft play birthday and everyone's screaming. And just, ugh. At least they'll have something in common with three-year-olds at soft play. What's that? They're all wearing nappies. Whee! Hey! Two sunglasses! <laughs> Look, I know I'm on the fence about having a child, but giving birth at 74, when her twins turn 16, she will be 90. Mm. If, even if she makes it to 90, she might not even live to see the girls turn 16. I mean, hopefully they've got a big family and plans in place if anything does happen for the twins, but, you know, it's a big thing to think about. Mm. Still... The most bizarre news story I've read of the week. Yeah. Um, anyway, on to this episode of Maybe Baby, and we are talking newborns. Now, our guest is the comedian and all-round massive character, Russell Kane. Uh, Russell and wife Lindsay welcomed Minna into the world in late 2015, and it turns out he was very well prepared. Genuinely, I'm glad we were recording this chat, because this is the one where I learned the most. Yeah, although I will say this, some of Russell's advice is a little bit controversial, but he does recognise that himself, and it does make for an even more fascinating look at things. And he is incredibly funny and we didn't get it on the podcast but he does an impression of me afterwards where which was probably the most insulted I've ever been but <laughs> yeah. I could not stop laughing yeah basically making out like I was an Eastern European thug idiot <laughs> you're really going to enjoy the episode so we'll be back afterwards for a roundup and more info about the next episode where we want your questions for the halfway Q&A uh, but for the meantime here's Russell All right, for this week's episode, we are talking newborns, which is undoubtedly the part of the whole baby process that I would fear most. Whinging, defenceless humans requiring constant attention and feeding. I get enough of that from Bodge with a hangover. However, it's a key part of parenting, so I think we need to know what we've been letting ourselves in for. And who better to tell us about it than one of my favourite comedians? Our guest is also an actor, writer, presenter, and currently on a huge stand-up tour of the UK with his latest show, The Fast and the Curious. However, most importantly, he's dad to three-year-old Mina and husband to Lindsay. Hailing from Enfield, which means he's been to Eros nightclub and therefore witnessed far worse things than a baby throwing up. Yes. It's Russell Kane. Yeah. All, all true, apart from it's Mina, not Mina. Oh. oh, and my daughter is such a mental psychopathic toddler. If you were to say that you must be Mina, that would be a two-minute meltdown. Ah, Mina. <laughs> so talk to me about her name, Mina. Where's Mina, that come rhymes from? with dinner. And uh, <laughs> people from Essex always say, "So where's that from?" Like everywhere else, is like that's nice. What made you choose that? But Essex just want a chick. Yeah, because it's like got a bit Indian sound, doesn't it? Where's it from? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just a chick. Like we did after win. March 29th. It, it, she'll was, have only to 50, be out. it was only fifty-two yeah. percent, but it counts. <laughs> no, no. What happened was I was researching my family tree. I my my. Grandma was actually my great grandma. Horseshit, we all kind of related. <laughs> my grandma, my great grandma. No, uh, my my nan was only fifteen when she had my mum, so she was out fucking 
you know, on the mandy or whatever she was doing. And so my my great grandma had to raise my mum, so she was more like my grandma. So she, I was twenty one when my great grandma died, but we have no idea where she came from. She just appears in the census. All we know is she was born to a woman called Minna, M I N N A. So I was researching this, and Lindsay was like, "Well, she's a mank, my wife." She's like, "I really like that. It's a totally original name." So we we picked that, and it stuck. And that, that, Minna. Minna. And do you spell it dinner. like that? M-I-N-N-A. The article that I read spelled it with one N. Um, we are so delighted to have you on the Maybe Baby podcast, Russell. To have me. Yeah, we to are. To give birth to me. We're really delighted to have you. I mean, what did I say last night? I've just been doing Russell Kane. I beg your pardon? I mean, I was doing yeah. research for yeah. that. Got to get pregnant somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so she wants many... a kid with hair. So. <laughs> I know. Yeah, like... Oh shit! Do you know what? First time in makeup, because I got loads of hair. I'm you never do. loads of hair, and a makeup lady went, "Do you want me just to to shade in the crown?" And I was like, "What? The, what the fuck are you saying?" I've... She's saying that you're losing your hair, mate. There, so I've been like the last week, just like with two mirrors. I can't tell because I'm really due for a haircut. You know when you're eight weeks deep, and the, well, sorry, mate, but you know, when you, <laughs> you know the weight of your hair is pulling at the crown. So now I'm like, "Am I actually going bald?" It'll be oh. such a relief to go. Honestly, I know you probably would. I don't want to hear that, but that's I'm fine. Like, just to roll out of bed, the time I would save takes me 40 minutes to tame this fucker. I was about to say, how long does it take you to do I'm either hair? hat or quiff, that's my option. Right, and he's hat today, yeah. a lovely hat. So many questions. And my about... daughter was born with like cactus brown <laughs> hair over on her body. It was <laughs> like, like it was gorilla. fucking crazy. She was, there was hair everywhere. It was like, but there's this head hair and it didn't fall out either. Very often a toddler's a baby's born with hair and then it falls out, but she stayed with this hair. And now at nurse, she's three year old hair down to the arse, whipping it back and forth and ting. I Did she it. come out? Because sometimes I've seen, maybe I'm making this up, but I swear I've seen babies come out and they have their hair grows quite far down their forehead to nearly their eyebrows. Yeah, there was a bit of like um, Teen Wolf shit on that. <laughs> but she, she was not, she was sunroof, not uh, bonnet. Ah, okay. That's interesting. That's one thing, you know, if we did, that's what Kate would do. Definitely do that. Well, the, we didn't have a choice. So Minna didn't, she just didn't turn around. Um, so if the head's not pointing downwards, these days they, you don't push if the legs are facing because it's too dangerous. So, I mean, obviously Lindsay was relieved. Mm. But it is still quite full on being slashed open at the abdomen, having some organs removed and a baby ripped out then re-sewn up. It's not like going to the spa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they actually store shit in a bowl, then put it back in. What and comes it, out? Were you there when it? Like, I was there. I was. I wasn't action end. I was. Right. I was at the commentary end. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, John Watson. And um, so yeah, the uh, it comes out by C section. I mean, obviously there are uh, benefits. Hashtag Fanny intact. But other other than that, it's a, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it is a full on operator. And then Lindsay was like, well, obviously I've got stitches. I'm not going to be able to change nappies and, and rode that for four weeks. That's the other reason for a C section. Good girl. I was solo on the nappies and everything for a month. Really? Oh, at least good. you kind of learnt because that's kind of one of the questions. That time when you come back. Yeah. And you've got a, I don't know, how old are they when you get them back? Two, three days? Well, a C-section, yeah, could be normally 24, 48 hours old. So you get back and it's just the three of you. And yeah. obviously if Lindsay's just had the op. She and was out of the game, big just, time. You're there with Minna going, I need an adult. Because that's how I would feel. I feel like I need an adult to help me. I'll tell you what's good about C-section is it's one of those rare occasions where it's likely dad will have first cuddle, first contact. So she came, came out of Lindsay's body. It was brilliant. The nurse was like, would you let the baby on your breast? She went, get the fucking thing away from me. I need to recover. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay was just not up for it. She really? was full 
it's like Stephen Hawking from the neck down gone. And um, they were like, do you think the BB like, you're, you're either Earth mother or practical mother, aren't you? They're, I've never met an in-between. Doesn't mean you don't love your baby, but Lindsay's like, not like, I just, I must nestle down in some soil and give birth while ravens pick at the entrails. She's not one of those. She's like, stick every chemical in me, ketamine, whatever you got. And um, so I, I had first cuddle. I, I, I had to whip my top off and then do skin. You have to do, because the baby's looking for a heartbeat. Right. So you have to go skin to skin. I thought the baby get confused and look for food, but she was too knackered from the birth. So she just fell asleep on my my chest that was pretty intense oh, what was that you, like how did you feel pretty in, like feminism was winning <laughs> <laughs> no, you, i felt good i did i loved it i'm you know because of my personality I, I wanted to you know i love stuff like i wanted to, uh, to be the first person what a privilege how many men can say that yeah. not many it's a very small percentage of us mm. mostly it's in horrible circumstances if a man's doing that so ours was Lindsay was perfectly fine she was just like no you just run things for a few hours yeah, interesting that she said, get it, get her away from me, I just need to recover. It's just because you've got to imagine, like, I know it might, it might seem a bit off-colour, the image I was making, but you literally are like someone who's d- disabled from the neck down because you've had an epidural. So you've, you've got an anaesthetic in your spi- spinal fluid, you can't move anything from the waist down, arms, nothing, you're just there. It's some How long pe- does that take to wear off? Not long, not long. Okay. A few hours and you're moving, then you can attempt breastfeeding. That's a long time? A few yeah. hours? Yeah. Like, that's a long time? Well, you start, to, you start to get, like, pins and needle-y type stuff and it drifts back Christ. and then you have to do breastfeeding which Lindsay absolutely hated so she just did the minimum on that it's amazing this isn't it we've gone all these thousands of years and there is no better way of having a baby like we've got iPhones you know we've got satellites we've gone to space we're still brutalising women to get babies well, out. Well, all we've done is improve the survival rate and the method's the same. If you, this is 100 years ago, I don't, you know, that God knows what would have happened. Lindsay would have had to give birth with the baby coming out feet first. Mm. What is the danger? I should know this, but I, I don't around have kids. The neck. So if you, come, if you give birth and the legs come out first, and you can imagine the head's coming out last, everything's catching around the neck as the baby comes out instead of the head pushing out first where the doctor and everyone mm. can get at it. So the, I was born breech, but my mum didn't get a C-section. Um, they just thought she could give birth normally, and then I, I was a cord around the neck. So my daughter, my daughter was a drama queen, even in the womb, cord around the neck. Look at me, uh, uh, I'm hurting myself, Daddy. Give me some attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! And then she had, so Lindsay strung it out for four weeks, couldn't change a nappy, and then like four weeks, one day we went to the Groucho in the box. I'm like, fucking, how could you have been crippled yesterday? But we're out for dinner today. <laughs> Joker. I feel like we've got more detail in the first like 10, 15 minutes than I know. This is brilliant. That's yeah. birth. That's birth. It's not so newborn. This no, is birth, fine. yeah. So we, we've spoken about the kind of first few, or the first 24 hours of Minna coming into the world. Yeah. What was it like for you both? Does everything just go out the window that you think you know? Well, I was slightly lucky in that my mum was a childminder when I was a kid. As far as I can see, there are two tribes with newborns and you are destined... You shouldn't judge each other. Everyone should just respect each other's decisions. But there is the kind of baby will lead us, baby led, whatever baby says, baby does, baby in the bed, husband in the spare room, masturbating, marriage breaks up. That's one route. (laughs) Or you can be like me and realise that you're the adult, maybe something that can't even see properly, probably shouldn't be in charge of what happens next and you can guide and parent. Call me old-fashioned, but that's the the route I went for. Lindsay can't even organise a fucking sock drawer so it was always going to be me that organised that <laughs> so nine months is a long time don't waste it plan have a plan in place for how you where you want your baby to sleep what's going to happen the basics who's going to do what and um, I just said to Lindsay look I enjoy I'm a boy and I did day, so I enjoy like charts and shit like that so I said if you let me manage it just let me have a go and I will get the baby sleeping through the night within eight weeks if I fail you can take over 
I'm not talking about sleep training for anyone complaining. Sleep training is where you leave a baby to cry, which I would never, ever do. There's lots of research that says that's damaging. Really? But you can sleep nudge so that the baby realises when it should be asleep at night. Your number one battle is going to be sleep. And yeah. you've got to remember, a newborn comes out chronologically back to front. It will sleep all day, scream all night. Mm -hmm. and the reason for that is when you're walking around during the day, you're rocking the baby as you move. When you walk, you're rocking the baby. When you run upstairs, you're rocking the baby. When you're working, you're rocking. You sit down to watch telly, 7pm, boom, baby wakes up. Why am I not being rocked anymore? So when you give birth, your baby is used to waking up at 8, 9, 10pm at night and staying awake till 6am. So you've got to tell the baby, actually, that's our night time. And the way you do that is by keeping it awake for longer periods during the day. Not as baby sharing, baby led people imply, forcing the baby to cry. You help it to stay awake a bit during the door with games tickling the feet on the kick mat. Espresso. And, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> well, what you can do is you can you start not for the for the first eight days. You just wait for the baby to get back up to its birth weight. You do let the baby lead you. Just do whatever it wants. Sleep, sleep, wait. You've got and there's no way of getting out of the first eight days, which you've got. You've got to be able to manage that. But after that, <laughs> I've still got the book. I wish I brought it with me with uh, This Is When Minna Pooed. This is, I've, it's on my Instagram. Steal it from my Instagram. Really? This is when she slept. She slept for 15 minutes. And you start looking at where they're naturally happening. And if you notice your baby did a two-hour sleep at 2 p.m., after an hour, just unswaddle your baby, tickle his feet, wake it up. It'll work up, wake up completely refreshed, but from one hour sleep instead of two hours. But how? If it's used to two, won't it be like, what the fuck are you doing? I was just in the middle of my two-hour nap. No, because I'm what you're doing this. is you're going to let it have that hour just a few hours later than it would have done. So you might let it have it at six o'clock that day instead of four o'clock, then at seven o'clock, then at eight o'clock, till before you know it, your baby's doing 12 hours from 8pm to 8am. How, are you, nudge, nudge, how nudge. are you not like a big... Mummy daddy blogger. Like, this so, sounds yeah, this, like the, we were like getting talking to a midwife. We were getting eight hours at eight weeks. So eight because obviously the baby can't go through the night food wise at that point. You've got to do like a you've got to slam it with a twelve o'clock feed. Which if if I was you, get this is a job for you, Dad. Yeah. Get research breast pumps. Get into the nerdy side like you were shopping for a car. There's some <laughs> fucking brilliant ones out there like fuel injected double pumpers. Get <laughs> if you're going to use breast milk, pump milk because that puts it on him then. See what I mean? Okay. Just tip feeding. You, you can go, well, I'd love to help babe, but sadly I've got to go on Xbox while it's attached to your boob. <laughs> Whereas if you can go open the fridge, bitch, and it's full of milk, then you can share the feed. You can freeze it. You can, you oh, can pump your breast. Oh, you're blowing my mind. Isn't this, it crazy? Is, I do feel yeah. like that you've told us so much information so in you such can, a short space of time. Right, so you can hit, what I'm saying is you hit the midnight feed, you would hit the midnight feed with a bottle, and yeah. then hopefully nine, ten weeks, it would go from midnight to 8 a.m., then about 12 to 16 weeks, you can try your first night, feed them up at 8 if you're going to go 8 till 8 or 7 till 7, whatever 12-hour diary suits you best. One night, you just think, right, let's not wake her for the midnight feed. Let's see what happens. And that happened to us. We went into like Shield, right? Went in. There she is, 7 a.m. Happens, Larry, 12 hours at 12 weeks. Bosh. Goal achieved. Thank oh, you. my goodness. Can you come and plan our baby if we just yeah. like. You can't say sleep trainer though, because people associate that with leaving a baby to cry, which is. Yes, well, that's what my friend did and said it was the best thing he ever done. Indeed. You oh, can, you can like do it. You can do it. No one should ever judge you for your decisions. Yeah. In my opinion, a baby only cries if it's hungry, ill, or distressed for some other reason. You should give it attention. If you think of it the other way around, I've got people that go, well, you wouldn't work with mine. My baby never slept. My baby just didn't sleep for four years. Well, in that case, you better go to the Nobel Committee in Sweden because you've just invented infinite energy. <laughs> You're talking shit. So I go over to their house and there it is, catnapping in the corner. I go, what the fuck's that? Oh, uh, yeah, that's just a catnap. That's your problem. 
is stimulate your baby, go and play with it, they get a little rattle, and make sure when you're inviting relatives over, because what the nanas and aunts will do, they cuddle the baby and you see it falling asleep in the arm and you're thinking, she's due for a 15-minute nap, this is how precise you'll become, a 15-minute nap at 2.15 and some bellends cuddling her to sleep at 1 o'clock and that's you up for the night then. So make sure okay. you invite relatives over when she was due for a sleep anyway, then if they rock them to sleep... No panic. <laughs> okay, this is an interesting thing because lots of people go, say we go over to our friend's house, they've got kids, and they'll often be like, oh, well, we can't do this because baby X, is that's outside of their routine. Indeed. And, and we're always like, oh, come on. That's the negative. Like, yeah. That's the downside. But it sounds like it is that's really the downside. super important. That's for the first, it's, I mean, you've got to remember, it's only a year, a year and a half, and then you're down to like one nap in the afternoon, which you can rock out at an airport. As long as you've got a decent enough buggy, you can you can take them to a party, put the buggy in the spare room yeah. and let them have their 2pm nap. But for that first year, yes, there is a morning nap, a lunchtime nap and an afternoon nap. And yes, it is Hitler. It's not 2.05. It's not one fifty-five <laughs> hours. It was 2pm. But we were sleeping 12 hours a night. Me and Lindsay were putting the baby down. We were did 8 to 8 because I'm stand-up, so we did it a bit later. Blackout curtains, ask me about those in a minute. And um, so we were putting down 8. We could watch a movie together, have a bit of dinner, have a bit of nookie. We had a normal relationship from Lovely. 8 till midnight. The price you pay is no one understands you during the day. They think you're mental for having this routine. But you know the price is four hours of life together. Uh, yes, the baby's going to wake up now and again, nightmares, need to just go in and, sh 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 and just touch the head. But other than that, you'll get sleep. This is really eye-opening, isn't it? Because yeah. the sleep deprivation is the thing that I fear most. It, so she's a swear word amongst the, the hippie vegans, but read Gina Ford, Contented Baby. Gina Ford, Contented Baby. And, and that's what people... Nowhere in there does that woman tell you to let your baby cry itself to sleep. It's just something the other types of parents say to try and get at you. Your baby should never cry itself to sleep. Oh, I don't think I could let it. I'd but be so it sad. Should all, you wouldn't be able to. It should also <clears throat> not be allowed to sleep all day then fucking mug you off all night. <laughs> and also what people call blackout makes me laugh because my Go baby's on. waking at 6am I just don't understand it and it's like of course it is you've got fucking vampire killing shards of sun coming through the room you're in charge blackout is three layer it's a a stick-on Velcro layer, a blind that comes down, and then blackout curtains. You should be able to walk across that room at midday and see no light. Because it was like, you can't. a baby wakes at 6am, you can't stop it. It knows when, a baby does not know when 6am is. It does know when light's in the room, though. Would you say they sleep more or less than you're expecting? They all sleep, and this is something medically wrong with them, <laughs> for 16 hours a day. It's up to you when they have that 16 hours. No one's right. If you want to be hippie mum, be up all night and, and look like you're 40 when you're 30, you roll with that sister. But if you want to gently nudge over a period of two months to having the bulk of that sleep at night, you do yeah. that too. It's your fucking choice. 16 hours. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What worried you about being a parent and to a newborn for those first few months? What worried you the most about having this baby? I think a man's worries are different to a, a woman's, okay. being brutally honest. I think for a lot of men, the, there's the obvious 
uh, worry. You know, men are just, just horny perverts. It never wears off. I feel sorry for 17 year olds being lied to. This is the worst it'll ever get. You stop masturbating when you get old, complete lie, it turns out. <laughs> I'm still going at myself like a sewing machine in a power surge with a Popeye's forearm. <laughs> So men just think, am I never going to have sex ever again? Listen, I'm just putting it out there. I love it, it's good. It is, yeah. This is what men think about. Men have weird, they don't act on them, ladies, don't panic, but you have weird fantasies of fleeing, of just going, fuck that, running. You think, should I just run off with another woman? Have I made a mistake? They don't, you don't act on them. All these bizarre things go through your head. Women have their equivalent thing. Shall I just throw the baby down the stairs? Shall I just leave him with the baby? No, they, the crazy thoughts you don't act on. Weird impulses with all the emotion mixed up. All of this shit goes through your head. A lot of blokes end up in the spare room and the woman and the baby in the bedroom. I think this is a mistake personally because mm. everyone's like, what does the baby need? I think more important to the baby that's feeling safe and nourished is two happy parents that are still connected. You've got to understand from a man's point of view, this podcast, this setup of this podcast sums it up. Imagine having something so profoundly is everything you've worked towards that has nothing to do with you. It doesn't really. I could put another bloke in that seat. Baby wouldn't know. Kate wouldn't know. On a biological level, makes no fucking difference. It actually has nothing. That's a head fuck for a man. There's the, your, your body's changing. It's all to do with you. It's all about you. It's the Kate show. It's all about your birth. It's your hormones. It's you're the martyr. You're just a shit assistant manager stood at the side. Anything I can do for you, you can fuck off. <laughs> and it's, um, you've got to get your head around that. Yeah. You're totally involved and uninvolved at the same time. And there's research now suggesting that, that men have a, an emotional reaction to birth. So like a hormonal reaction you don't even have to be the father of the baby if you're an older brother or an uncle living in the house your testosterone level lowers they think it's a safety thing so that a man is sort of less aggressive around but newborns wow. but if it is the case if i to drop your testosterone level down it simulates the symptoms of depression it's not actually depression mm. you just feel a bit tired a bit unmotivated and of course as men we don't ever get to describe or speak about our feelings because we feel guilty for sharing them because you're the one with stitches mm -hmm. across your abdomen. Yeah. You're the one with the real depression. I can't come up to you and go, I'm feeling a bit sort of like I'm affected. <laughs> you're like, yeah, I've just been sewn up from my bum to my fanny. Do you want to fuck off? Like, it's like it's like we don't have the right to, to say because we feel guilty about all the stuff you've done, which is nonsense. You should both speak. It's interesting. I've got a friend who I think they've got... Uh, 18 month old yeah and he was saying to me the other day we were having a chat and he was saying how he feels really left out of the relationship because his missus is going right we're gonna do this i think it was something to do breastfeeding she was still breastfeeding him or something like that and he said shouldn't we stop she said it's basically this is my baby so yeah. shut up and he felt really kind of That's pushed out. out from it i don't agree with that everything should be a discussion ultimately a lot of it is a woman's choice it's her body um, but you should still at least sit down with a coffee and go, look, I just feel like I want to continue breastfeeding. As I said, the, the fucking technology with the breast pumps and the fact we've got freezers, it doesn't need to be a woman-only thing. Mm -hmm. There's a, a one, at least one or two feeds a day the man could do. Listen, I'm just like a man with one child, so you're going to get complaints, but I personally am not a fan of demand feeding either. I think it's meal time, boob out, feed until you're full, done. If they're just going on the boob for 20 seconds and not taking any milk, that, in my opinion, is comfort feeding, like using a dummy. Your life is going to be hell if you've got a baby hanging off your tit that isn't feeding. I mean, is there? I've not seen any research that says a baby should hang off a tit whether feeding or not. Breastfeeding is amazing, but it's breastfeeding. 
It's not just yeah. breast in mouth. So why not take the same approach as you do with your sleep and go, right, it's time for the 9.15 feed. Get nerdy with the charts. Boom. Try and monitor how much milk the baby's taken and then you'll be able to do the same if you're bottle feeding breastfeed. But don't feel, don't feel obliged to breastfeed. If you fucking hate it, don't do it. Yeah. A, a, a mentally stable mother is more important than a breastfeeding mother having a breakdown with scissors in one hand and a baby in the other. <laughs> Trust me. This is the most eye-opening episode I think yeah. you've done so far. I was going to ask how um, the first few months impacted your relationship but it sounds like you guys were just killing it from the off. Because, so when, when me and Lindsay got married, before we got married, before the peel packet went in the bin, which I'm assuming yours hasn't yet. You're not trying for a baby, are you? No, right? we're not going to. Right, okay. We're well, doing this well, to try and put him well, out. So, so the peel, I, my de- we were bobbing in a pool on one of those, you know, holidays where you do like Insta Best Life pictures. <laughs> We've been temporarily upgraded for the day because our villa had flooded, so it looked like we had the private presidential. <laughs> we were bobbing in the pool and I said to Lindsay, before that peel packet goes in the bin, I want to agree our approach to sleep and bed sharing. That's all. I don't care if it's... We're going to be hippie with beards in the same bed or we're going to be Hitler's like we turned out to be. I want to know what we're doing before the contraception stops. And we agreed all of that stuff. I know that things can change once feelings come with the baby, but we at least had a, a plan in place. And your plan was? Like I just it's explained. You, it's, it's you I just said, look, I've seen first. my mum do it with five babies of completely different temperaments, a chilled one, a mental one. She got them all sleeping through the night. So to say it's temperament, um, dependent, in my opinion, is not true. It's it's down to whatever fits with your life the best. Some people can't help the feelings they get. You know, they want that baby close to them, and it would if they, if you tried to do what I've said, it would might go the other way. So mm. we mustn't judge each other. But that was just that was best for me. I also did something that not even this is bad that not even the NHS recommends. Not oh. even Gina Ford. Nothing. Juicy. I, I did put the baby in its own room in its own cot on the first night. Okay. Why don't they recommend that? Well, there's some <laughs> research to suggest with safety, with sudden infant, no, like cot death, I hate that phrase, but <clears throat> that you're slightly the better off if the baby's in the cot next to the bed. Um, there's, there's suggestion that you're so tuned in as the mum that if the baby stops breathing, you sort of bolt out of bed. There's another suggestion that the baby hears your breathing and that keeps it breathing, which I don't believe, because how can you prove that? We can't do a double-blind trial. It's more likely the former in that you just wait, you just notice your baby stop breathing. But we've got this technology now, we've got one of those mattresses mm-hmm. that detects in-breath and out-breath. So. so what made you do that, though? Why were you like, do you know what, I'm going to put it in its own room? Because on six months you're going to have to do that anyway. And then you're going to have to tell this little baby that slept next to you, oh, by the way, you're now getting locked in a, in your own room. It's like having a dog. It's like well, letting them sleep in the I crate just... from the puppy stage and then you're like, let's just let it in the bed. Exactly. Can so I, I just I, add, we both our dogs, we wake up and they're both in our bed, so I think I we're fucked. Doesn't bode well for you. No. It really but doesn't. I just let my daughter lead me. If she'd have shown any distress, any separation anxiety, we were in there within half a noise. But she came home the first night. She said, at the end of the day, a newborn's a milk slug. It's nothing. It's got like a, it's not you've got a brain, it's got a sprout on a stem. It just drinks milk, it shits. You're just taking care of its needs. So I put her on the cot, sat in there with her till she fell asleep on when... And she just slept. She was fine in there. There was no. She just, doesn't know any different, right? No. No. And um, she's that's the way she is now. She by daughter puts herself to bed now. She's three. Half she goes seven. to bed on her own. Of course, half seven till half seven. Is it? Bit? She has a story, and then she, we walk through to her bedroom, and she goes down. We do half seven to half seven now because she does nursery um, four mornings a week. 
That's like Baxter. Baxter yeah. puts himself to bed. Oh, he just yeah. goes up. We're like, do you want to come down and sit with us? You have your dinner, you go upstairs, we don't see you all night. These days, a routine is a minority. I don't know why and I don't know why everyone needs to judge each other, but yeah. you're, you're, in the, you're in the minority. How has Lindsay found that kind of judging from other mums? Has it been like explicit? Do people you say stuff? Not, you have to of... not in, sort of not engage. Mm. So the mums that are the ones that share the bed and give up everything for their child, they're the ones for some reason that are allowed to put it all over social media and you see them like with the baby hanging off their beard. Five years, husband in the spare room, I'm the best mum ever. But if you were to dare go on and go, oh, I put my baby through the night in her own room, you'd get bum bum troll, 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 hate, hate, hate. Because mm. it's gone it's gone the other way. It's so such just... a shame that this happens. I see I follow quite a few mums on Instagram, even though I'm not a mum. And oh I feel I see them all the time having to justify what they've said about certain aspects of parenting. And I'm like, why you shouldn't have to. You if shouldn't you, have to justify if your, any of your, if your baby's happy then it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you want to sit up all night breastfeeding, that makes you feel good, do it. Your baby's not going to be damaged by that. The only thing that's going to damage your baby is if it's left without its needs unattended. And either approach, that doesn't need to happen. Was there anything that you discovered that took you by surprise during the first year as a parent? Like when my twin sister was changing her son's nappy, um, this was a good eight years ago, I remember Is that an identical in. twin? Yeah. Oh, no, she's not identical. We're fraternal twins. But you know, if you're an identical twin, that baby would be as much related to you as your own child. Doesn't that freak you out? Say that again. If your sister was identical and she mm -hmm. had a baby, mm -hmm. she's no more related to her baby than you are. Because <laughs> it's exactly you, the same, aren't you we? You share the same DNA. Yeah. So even though you're only an auntie, technically, job done. You wouldn't have to worry about having a baby because yeah. your, your DNA lives on. Bit of a shortcut, though. It is a shortcut. <laughs> but I remember walking into the room when she was changing her son's nappy and she was like, oh, God, he shit up his back. And I was like, what's his problem? <laughs> and she was like, I was thinking, why can't he just go in his nappy? And she was like, it's normal that sometimes they're laying down when they do a number two and it goes up their back. There's no way of avoiding poo and pee. Slightly easier with girls. You don't get peed in the face when you're doing the nappy. <laughs> so it's slightly... It is, it is an arch, but it's not straight in the face. They're also easier to... Um, potty train girls purely because oh. if I went for the take a week off work follow her around the house and every time she started to go went ah that's when you go to the potties so I got a potty train by 18 months purely by having that you've got to take a week off but with a girl when she starts to wee it goes down her legs so she's obviously the brain's like I'm weeing quicker whereas a boy is going out front so his brain registers it registers more slowly wow you see what I mean because well, if you're not weeing on you so if you're pot if you're potty training boys you need to find special pants that point the wheelie downwards because it's when the wee hits the leg that you realise you're going. The thing that surprised me, slightly repetitious, I'll say it for, for as much for men as as much for women, 90% of us will hold the, the baby, your life will change, your heart will switch on, you'll be like, you know what I mean? But for 10% of us, you will feel absolutely nothing. That's the most surprising thing. I just looked down and was like, I less than when I brought my pug Colin home. Less. Really? There was no, there was obviously the instinct to protect was there. All my friends were like, you wait, Russell, you're going to cry. You're going to go. I put the baby on my chest and I felt more like, oh, centre of attention. I'm, I'm the dad getting the first <laughs> go. Um, that feeling of, I love my baby. I would die. I just want to be with the whole. Didn't come till Minna was about two and a half. I think that's really interesting because one of my that's friends said this. He said the first six months, they do nothing. They basically shit, sleep, cry. You feed them. And my mate was like, I don't really get anything back from this. He said, but when <laughs> but they did start he have the warm glow in his chest? No. Love. No, so some people, but what some women don't get it and women don't talk about it. This is what gives women postnatal depression. They think there's something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. We all bond at different rates. Yeah. That's the most surprising thing to look out for. Sorry. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's it. I can totally see why when you actually get a reaction back, that's the bit where you're like, oh, yeah. love. 
Yeah. But before that, you're just essentially, it's just a passenger. I was surprised to read yesterday, because I don't do much research, that babies don't have knees when they're born, just cartilage. And we I develop know. kneecaps later on. That fucking blew my mind. Oh, fuck. And then they go again when you're pensioners. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that you can't give an, a baby tap water until it's six months old. Is this true? Um, you, you have to be really careful and sterilise everything. we got this wicked machine. It's like, it's like an espresso machine. You can set it up in the hallway so you don't even need to go downstairs. You have a bottle in it. You just press the button and it goes with the milk. A blast of steam sterilises the bottle and then the milk comes out. This is if you move on to formula and like bang, you're, you're feeding half asleep. But yes, the tap it. water thing the, is true. The, but even any water, I thought they said, is like you don't need to give your kid any water, the formula or the breast yeah, yeah, milk, yeah. Well, everything. There's lots of water enough. in it, isn't it? It's 70% yeah. water. Ah, oh, see, I didn't even know that. So well, otherwise milk... it'd be powder. You wouldn't give them baby powder, no, would it? Be like, of course <laughs> it's water. No, but I didn't even think about it. Spooning I powder swear. And... <laughs> I thought breast milk was just milk. Like cream. The only breast milk... I didn't milk... think it was creamy because I've seen breast milk it... and it is watery. Some but... women, like, really just the thought of breastfeeding, they just can't do it. They hate it. It's time-consuming. Just try and do the first seven days. So when you first breastfeed, the milk comes out like this blue colour it's really weird it's called colostrum that's the Crikey. only one where there's real real hardcore research that if you can get that milk into them great because that's got all the antibodies and everything once the milk turns yellow if you have to move on to bottle just whatever keeps your head straight is better for that baby we were surprised to see that i think it was on an nhs website that they said you should breastfeed your child until they're at least one i was shocked there's loads of things you should do you should probably take your kids to a museum every week there's loads of things i should be doing with minna now i'm just doing my best to make us as happy as possible. Like yeah. Ideally, she wouldn't be in nursery four mornings a week. She should be at home with me till she's eight or whatever they do in <laughs> Finland. And um, But, you know, we live in the real world and I'd rather we're all buzzing as a threesome rather than we're miserable and hitting some goal on the NHS website. My most surprising fact was that babies can swallow and breathe at the same time right up until they're seven months old. None yeah. of us can do that, but babies can... Well, they can I'm just, think, I'm just, just thinking weird. back to a lad's holiday in Falaraki. Oh, you dirtbag. <laughs> if I'm honest, if I could... Skip. The first six months, first six months, I'd say, six months to a year, are what petrified me the most. If I could skip the pregnancy, the birth, mm. and actually the first 18... If I could just adopt an 18-month-old, but he he's not having the whole adoption thing unless we have our own baby. I'm first. telling you now, once you've got a toddler, you will listen back to this podcast and laugh your ass off. Really? The newborn stage. After the, apart from the first week where you're obviously sore or stitched up for the first four weeks, the art is so much easier. It's time-heavy. Toddlers are... Ted Bundy, psychopath, mental assholes. Every day is horrible. I thought it got easier. They're fucking bastards. So you had the first 18 months down, but now it's like... Just emotionally, they can't regulate themselves. They're just... You might get a chilled out one. If you're lucky, yeah. I've got one like me. So just mental, satanic, holy water burns her face. Just... <laughs> Speaks Latin. <laughs> crows, crows hit the window sometimes. When she's put... <laughs> Has having Minna put you off having any more? Yes, 100%. Yeah? Okay, one's enough. Uh, absolutely. One Half would have been enough. <laughs> I would have been happy with a torso that adored me. <laughs> Top half or bottom half? <laughs> just the torso in the middle with an arm that could just tap out I love you like Helen Keller. <laughs> a question here when does it start getting easier it doesn't apparently I mean, you, do, you, do you not know people that have got adult children who are 35 who are still like doing their yes, mum and dad's heads it's in it's why we're us. doing this podcast it, I don't think it, it does doesn't then. stop I've got friends who are still living at home they're in their 30s they're like, you never did gave me enough money, Dad. And they've got issues with each other. And it's like, it still goes on in your 30s. There's still family dramas. You're a parent, even when you're 90 and your kid's 60, you'll still be a parent. 
I don't think it does stop. I think the attitude that you guys have is completely where that that's like the dream for us. It's like whatever yeah. happens, let's be happy. Because the thing is, we've always said. Kate, yeah, Kate's worry is always, oh, we'll have a kid and then our lives will tear apart and then I'll have a kid that you don't want. Whereas I'm like, this is something we do together, we do it as a team. Yeah. So I think going down the happiness route... And we're big on communication. Like, we are I big. think it's so important to just talk about your feelings well, rather than... Prepare to be up. trolled, but hard link Gina Ford's contented uh, baby on um, to this podcast. Hard link that. But you've got to stick to it properly. Have a, the routine is psychotic. Everyone will judge you. No one will get what you're doing, but you'll be the ones eating a pizza at 8 p.m. laughing. Uh, and the only thing I did that's more extreme than her is I did put the baby in her own room on the first night, which is not recommended. You should have it in a cot next to you in your own room and then move from over at six months. But the first edition of Gina Ford from eight years ago, that she puts the baby in its own room on the first night and then she was forced to take it out. I mean, I'm not surprised. Forced by who? Because the NHS guideline, because there is genuine research to say okay. it's safer. But if okay. you've got an angel mat, which is the device I use, then where's the risk? Finally, what, what advice would you give to any mums or dads expecting or even thinking about having a child? You've given plenty of, of advice, but just one piece to sum up the, uh, the episode. Be on the same page to do with sleep and routine before you're pregnant or at least early into the pregnancy. Don't work it out when the baby comes along because it's unfair on the baby as well. It doesn't matter what route you do, bed sharing, hippie, something in between, just make sure you both fully agree this is what we're going to do. And if the man's on one page and the woman's on another, it's probably going to lead to aggro. Oh, man. He's actually made me feel, feel all right about having a baby. Are you ovulating? <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. If you're thinking of trying for a baby, lads, be ready for living in a horror movie <laughs> of being chased around once a month. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> are you hiding behind the curtain? Please, there's nothing left. It's just dust in me. It's just fucking dust. <laughs> Oh. You're more hornier than me. I haven't got to worry about that. Oh, He's mate. on my case all the time. I'm like, fuck out. Oh, I know, but functional panda mating is... Oh, don't. <laughs> is it, does it get like that? How long were you trying? I don't, it's bad for me to say. No one wants to hear one month. But, no, uh, do you know what? I've got, I've got the testosterone of eight bouncers packed into a pepper army stick. <laughs> So a huge thanks to this week's guest, Russell Kane. I felt like I should have taken notes. Uh, so much information and a wealth of advice. Let's start with Gina Ford, shall we? Because after we recorded this episode with Russell, I said to Bodge, we must Google this woman. Yes, we casually Googled Gina Ford <laughs> and we found out a lot. The stuff Russell said uh, about training your baby to sleep at certain times, that all made total sense to me. Yeah. And we, we've talked a lot about um, sleep deprivation. And he says himself, happy parents are the best thing you can have for kids. Mm -hmm. That being said, Gina Ford is one of the most controversial authors on parenting. Yeah, just a quick internet search found that some parents call her advice barbaric, outdated with much of what she says going against NHS recommendations. Then you've got celebrity fans of Gina Ford like Kate Winslet and Jamie Oliver who said in one interview how his wife Jules is a militant follower of Gina's methods. It's worth saying here we're neither advocating uh, nor condemning Gina's methods. Uh, for a start, we haven't really got a clue what's best. We don't. No, we've got no idea what we're doing. That's why we're doing this. Uh, and I do have to say for every bit of advice I agree with, there's some I disagree with. Uh, namely this one, which we found, which I will quote, avoid eye contact and interaction with them in the evening and during the night feed to gently show your baby that this is not daytime or playtime. Now, I get I get like in the nighttime feed, you don't want to wake them up and stuff. But in the evening, like what, from seven o'clock? Imagine if you're bathing the baby. Mm. 
and you don't you're not allowed to look at it what's that- it's going to end up with shampoo all in its eyes <laughs> You're just, trying to you're trying to put the baby grow on, and all the poppers are done the wrong way around because you, you haven't been looking at the baby. You've got your oh, no. eyes closed. It's like that film on Netflix. Where... I know it's just it was just no eye contact. You'd be allowed to look. It just seems a bit mean. It's quite harsh, isn't it? Yeah. No eye contact. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that bit. It's probably one of the most hotly contested topics I've heard parents debate there about uh, letting your baby cry. Should you do it or not? And I guess there's no right or wrong answer. It's your baby. You should raise it the way you want to. I don't mm. care that people think allowing our dogs to sleep on our bed is gross. They're our dogs. Yeah, our dogs, you mugs. They're our bloody dogs, all right? <laughs> anyway, for next week's episode, it's just you, me, and the halfway Q&A botch. So we are going to be taking your questions. And I want to say a big thanks to everybody who's already emailed us. We've had some fantastic questions come yeah. in so far. A great one, actually, that came in that asked, if we do go for it, what happens if we find out it's twins? Because yeah, obviously there's that one in seven chance. I know, because I'm a fraternal twin. Mm. That stat still terrifies me. <laughs> one in seven, mate. Um, or you could ask something like, Bodge, would you consider adoption or fostering a child? There you go. <laughs> All questions welcome at maybebabycast at gmail.com. That's maybebabycast at gmail.com. And also, I'll be asking for your questions on Insta Stories next Sunday night. So until then, thanks for listening. And if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to make sure you get the latest episode as soon as it's released. And if you're feeling really generous, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or via iTunes. And on that note, we are off to eat vegetarian gnocchi. So see you in two weeks. Yes! Give me that gnocchi in my mouth, please. Sorry about that.